to the K Heartfelt Experience Podcast. This is a brave space where we explore everyday experiences through spirit-filled conversations and gain wisdom and knowledge to get us through life. We will laugh, cry, pray, challenge ourselves, and more than anything, grow in love. I'm your host, Kianda Hester, and I can't wait to share this experience with each of you. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. <laughs> Shout out to Mason Betha, Hallamore Day, you already know. <laughs> Guys, I, I really can't help it. Um, but welcome, welcome and thank you so much for joining another experience. For any of those who are newcomers, welcome and thank you for joining in. I hope you listen to experience number one, Faith Over Fear, and yeah, and I hope you enjoy the ride. So before we jump into anything, one thing we do over here at the experience, the Heartfelt Experience podcast, is that we make sure that we give praise to God. I would not be here in this space doing these things if it wasn't for my father. So always want to start with prayer uh, and all that we do. I always say this, if you are not a person of faith, if you don't believe in God, I ask that you do not turn off the, don't, don't turn me off just yet. I feel like you never know where you may be able to receive a message. Okay. And so just keep your hearts and your minds open. And if this is a time where you feel like, this is not my thing, then do your affirmations. Pray to who you who you want to pray to. But I'm just going to go ahead and go into prayer, okay? Heavenly Father, we come before you today thanking you for your presence, your protection, your provision, your grace, and your mercy that you provide every single day. I want to come before you and ask you for your forgiveness for our sins and ask that you continue to make us over. Clean our hearts, clean our minds. We are yours. May the experience that we discussed today fall upon the heart and ears of all those who need it. And may those who don't be encouraged to send it to someone that may need it. May this continue to go on and on because this message was coming from you, Father. Have your way with, uh, have your way with me today. May my plans align with your will for this show uh, and this message. Holy Spirit, come in and speak where I lack words. Father, cover me and all those who are listening at this moment. Cover them in the blood of Jesus. Not only that, but cover their families, Father. Cover their families. I ask that they lay their burdens down. I lay their burdens down and they clear their they clear their ears and, and have their hearts extremely open to receive all that they can receive. We are image bearers, Father. We are your image bearers. And I pray that we are all continuing on the right path, the path that you set before us. I pray that we are anchored and we are walking by faith and not by sight. I pray, Papa, that you open, their ears and hearts are open to your voice and their eyes are open to your word. Continue to cover us. May this whole show again be covered in the blood of Jesus. I thank you for all that you do, Father. I give you praise and honor in your matchless and mighty in the matchless and mighty name of Jesus Christ. We say amen, amen, amen. Amen. All right. Before we jump into the experience for today, I kind of want to just have a hot moment. In my church, we call it a humble, open, and transparent. I'm usually always transparent with you guys anyway. Like, you guys are going to see 
not just the end, the middle, like all my mistakes, whatever, I don't mind sharing um, because we all have to grow, right? Like this ain't, y'all the homies, <laughs> like I'm not perfect, far from it, just I'm just out here progressing, right? So let's get this popping. I want to just have a little transparency tea uh, and I want to really, really, really thank those who reached out and gave feedback and, and everything. Um, I really want to encourage those who listen to Experience One to go read the article on the kheartfelt.com website, okay? Go to kheartfelt.com and go to the first blog and I have a whole written out, um, a whole written out blog. <laughs> uh, and I encourage you to listen to it. I actually wrote the blog after I recorded the episode. I was so anxious to get the episode out of me that I just literally did it in one take and that was it and I'm excited that I did it that way but I really want to make sure that each of you got the message and I want to tell you what happened to me right I want to just give like one more tool to get through like and if you go to the the article all the links to the sermons, the different, I call them like my grounding scripture catalog. Like I want you guys to be able to see those things. So you can really have those tools if you need help. Um, okay. But I wanted to tell you guys that I was nervous to put this, to put that first episode out. And I really did almost get discouraged. I, I'm not going to say almost, I got discouraged for a second. And immediately I remembered to like lean into the trust and I remembered my scriptures and I remember the things God was telling me and the things that he put on my heart in the very beginning when I started on this journey and that's what got me through because I started to get like what is everybody gonna think what if some people don't like it and before I got into this I knew everything is not for everybody some people are gonna like it some people are not and that's okay I don't care if it's just one person if I'm speaking to that one person and they are getting encouraged that I'm doing my job. <laughs> like that's, that's what it is. Right. So I almost got discouraged and, or like I said, I did for a second and I was able to pick myself back up because I'm, I told myself no matter what, I'm going to keep going. The goal is to always keep going no matter what. And just the tool, tools to get through, right? Some of the tools to get through identify the feeling or behavior that brings the fear out of you like how, what what behavior or feeling does fear bring out of you i want you to name it and claim it don't just be like oh i just be feeling sad or, or just really really reflect and think about like do, does your hands get sweaty does your chest beat fast like what is it that you do you get defensive like what is it that th what happens do you not want to get out of bed identify the the what it is in your body, where do you feel it? Because then you'll be able to see it on the onset. It's, you won't be, just be so reactive. You'll be able to really be like, okay, let me make sure these things, I, I, I see it, let me, let me work quickly. Because I want you to understand that fear grows, right? I want you to think of a candle that you light. If you look at it, it starts off very small, starts to flick, you know, flickers before, you know, it, and then it grows, Right? And I want you to think about this. Blow out fear with faith when it's in its candle flicker stage. Do not wait for it to become a raging fire ready to burn the whole place down. Because we know candles, they, they give you warnings all the time. A small candle can definitely burn a whole house down, right? So your faith, that scripture, those things that you have on your heart, 
those that are you remembering these tools or you remembering what your worth is those things will help you blow out uh fear instantly and I can tell you because that's what happened to me. I was nervous to put the episode out. I was like, yo, I'm just going to put it out. That's why the rollout wasn't. I had all this whole thing about rolling it out so nicely. And I said, you know what? I'm going to just throw it out there. Because I know me. I'm a, I, I'm a perfectionist. And I want to, you know, I'm going to try to do. I'm, I don't got time for that. I was told to put it. I'm going to put it out. We're going to work on it. And you guys are going to see it get better. And that's just the goal. Again, I'm going to be always transparent with you. All right. So I hope that was helpful. And today, if you see the title, we are going to be discussing being filled up to pour out, right? Being filled up to pour out. This concept is really about giving unto others, how we give or take care of ourselves, the balance, you know, we're going to break down the balance of all of that. And why is it important that each and every person in this world needs to figure this kind of balance out? in my opinion. But I will, you know, explain it all through one of my experiences what this concept is. First, I want to talk about how did this come to me? Like why are we talking about this today, right? So I got this idea on uh October 24th, right? This episode was downloaded in me when I was having my personal time with God. So I got the concept and a skeleton and I have been filling it out ever since. So one day I was reading this book by Brene Brown. I love Brene Brown, um, Braving the Wilderness, right? And she posed the question in the book that I want to pose to everyone else. She asks, what binds us as humans while we are navigating an increasingly divisive and cynical world? I'm going to ask that question again, right? What binds us as humans while we are navigating an increasingly divisive and cynical world? Well, when I read this, the first thought that came to mind for whatever reason was the pandemic, right? I just reflected on like what it felt like during that time. And I felt like I remembered what binds us together. Well, the laws, every day, the, the government made everybody sit down. Fear binded many people together the pain and anguish and hurt we had to go through when we watched um, someone get murdered. May George Floyd rest in peace. I thought about the heart. It seemed like, you know, different situations, the situations that we were in, we all, there was a level of everybody looking out for each other because it was that common thread that everyone was going through this one situation. I thought about music <laughs> shout out to timberland and and swiss beats for giving us verses i genuinely felt like we know the power music has like even if you look at it in the bible perspective music is very powerful and it binds people together but and i don't know if this is the way in which Brene brown was talking but this is what genuinely came right to my mind you know and for me it seemed like for a moment we will be we could have been able to move from this individualism in this country towards collectivism in a way, right? Because people were fearing certain things. They started to come together. All right, maybe that's what I wanted. Maybe that was just like, you know, in my heart and in my head. But 
And that's definitely what I was trying to teach my kids. You know, I remember hard. I was trying to have these agreements with parents and students and really teach them the importance of doing things together, right? There's no way that a child that sit next to you and you call them your friend should be failing in your class and you're passing. You guys should be trying to study together. And I, I wanted to try to ingrain this in my kids at a very young age. Um, it was a process, but uh, that's, the, you know, that's the goal. That's the world we want to live in. Hope I'm hoping that many people want to live in a world where they're not just thinking of themselves, that they are thinking of others that that can definitely be a way we bind up, bind us. But the question Brene Brown posed made me also think, what did we all learn throughout the pandemic? What did we learn about ourselves? What was your biggest takeaway? You know, I had to, I asked myself that question, you know, I'm going to answer it myself. That's what we're here for. I'm going to answer it, right? So what did I learn about the pandemic? What do I, what did I learn about myself during this pandemic. Well, allow me to bring you to my experience <laughs> that I had. So get comfortable. This is a time where you sit down, you relax, because we about to chat. You know, we about to chill and get personal. We, we about to have a conversation. All right. So I remember, right, in the top of the new year, I had like this new year, new vision event. It wasn't like on New Year's Eve. It wasn't on New Year's Day. It was a couple of days after. And me and my friends, I brought them over. I think I cooked for them. And I wanted us to really write down our goals, make sure we visioned it. Because my goal was to make sure that we were all ascending to our higher selves. And before that, we were already like walking into the space where we were having accountability meetings. Me and my homegirl would host them and like she actually did a lot of the like she got some of the the actual paperwork because this work that you have to do in accountability meetings um i would do the encouragement all the other stuff you know we would tag team whatever and she the the goal of it is that if you can sit around with your friends and and chill and have fun you guys also should be able to talk about what it is that you want to do and hold each other accountable there's no better space to kind of get these things done. You shouldn't be meeting with your friends, chill on a corner every five minutes. And you guys, if these are your trusted people, your day ones, quote unquote, figure out how you got, they can hold you accountable to ascend and do the things that you want to do in life. Those are your tools right there. Hold it down. I feel like more people are doing this, but if anyone is having any questions on how to do it, this is the first time you may have heard this concept or you've heard of it or thought about it, but you don't know where to get started. Please do not hesitate to uh, go to kheartfelt.com, go to the contact page and, and email us. Or if you want, you can DM me on my Instagram at kheartfelt. I don't mind because me and my girl can give you some of the tools and kind of go from there. I mean, it may be a little monetary thing. I don't know yet because your girl, like I told y'all, ain't got no job. <laughs> if you listen to the last episode, you know I'm out here in crazy faith. <laughs> but no, seriously, if you really need something, please hit me up. We'll we'll definitely work it out. And I don't, I really don't mind sewing into your life, right? So we had this. We were having this uh, meeting. And I remember so strongly it was on my spirit to tell my friends that I could not pour into them the way I used to pour into them, right? Like I could not 
yeah, I couldn't. I told them, like, for whatever reason it's on my spirit, I can't do it like I've done it in the past, right? I can't pop up at your house and see if you're good. I can't call you 50 million times even though you haven't called. Like, I can't do that because I'm, I'm that friend. I don't care. I don't care if you haven't called me. I'm calling you, you know? I'm, I fight for my friends. I love them hard. It, that's just how I've been. It's always been natural for me to help. It's always been. I've been like this since I was a kid. You know, I've been the advocate for you. For If you told me, oh, the teacher won't let me go to the bathroom, and you squirming, I'm sitting there like, she needs to go to the bathroom. Like, Or telling the child, just get up and go to the bathroom. This is elementary. Just get up and go to the bathroom. What's she going to do? She can't do nothing. And I'm like your lawyer in the, in the, <laughs> on the sideline, like telling you, like, don't even worry. I got you. <laughs> oh, man. I was a mess. Um, so yeah, I do it as a profession, as I mentioned, right? So I will take on helping children and kids, I mean, children and adults, and then also help out my friends as well. I am that strong friend, right? The one that says, uh, the one that they say you should like check up on, I'm that person. The person that seems to have it all together and will offer themselves as tribute to help you. Strong friends are often like carrying like your issues and their issues. And for me, I was also carrying my children's issues. I read an article that said like strong friends are compassionate and are other are the most empathetic and struggle to turn these qualities that they give to others onto themselves. I actually had many silent breakdowns and often felt very alone and some of my friends who may hear this may find this like a little shocking but I've had many breakdowns and I've always felt like the times where I really 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 needed help and I would call someone they didn't answer the phone and for me it's like I tried I'm not I'm not gonna call somebody again like I'm not gonna blow you up like that was one of my moments to finally give in and they didn't answer so always I genuinely there were times where I genuinely genuinely felt alone helping others sheltered me from having to deal with my trauma on a deep level actually I want to be I think I do want to be transparent about this when I said I had many breakdowns and I often felt alone for those who are social workers out there or do work um do counseling and therapy it is so important we take care of ourselves and you know we're gonna we're gonna go deeper into it but there was a time I never forget this where I think I only told one person about this where I knew I needed to slow down right and sometimes we know it but we still don't do it effectively but I remember I used to work very far and I remember at this time like a lot of kids were talking about suicide and I remember coming home one day I was in the shower and I had this feeling come over me about like not wanting to be here and I remember it felt like an out-of-body experience because I remember feeling so sad I was crying in the shower and then I remember like jumping like like jolting and saying like I'm wilding like this is not my pain this can't be mine I've never felt like I've never said that I've never, you know, things were hard or I felt really lost and sometimes sad, but I don't, I've never, you know, and I personally think that I had took on a lot of my children's, um, a lot of 
their feelings and their hurt. I felt like I carried that with me. And again, it got it got mixed in to my hurt and other people's, you know, like I said, I'm always paying, I'm always a tribute. I'm always sacrificing and being that person to help out. So I, I said that to say, like, I just need you guys to be careful that you, you do get a chance to release. And we're going to talk about how, you know, and all that. But if you resonate with that, hold on to that as we continue. Right. So like I said, helping others has sheltered me from having to deal with my trauma on a deep level. On a surface level, girl, I'll tell you, I have no issue telling you about something, but I'm one of those people who may shock you with what they tell you because you're confused. Like, damn, girl, that was a lot. And for me, it's like, oh, it's just another moment. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. I never feel like what I've been through. I used to, excuse me, never feel like what I've been through was a big deal. I always used to feel like it's not that serious. And because I also used to always say stuff like, well, I'm not going to complain because somebody there's somebody out there who wish they had the struggle that I'm going through right now. You know, it could be worse. And you say that enough to the point where you really just don't deal with your pain. Downplaying your traumatic experiences is not good. And we have to stop that. If you resonate with that, where you just act like. Oh, it's just another moment in time. It's never, it's not that big of a deal. We have to stop doing that. And I've been through some, it's traumatic stuff. And I, I'm finally able to use that verbiage and say it like, yeah, I, I've been through some things. And um, this one experience that comes to mind that I think opened me, that got me to a point in which I stopped opening up to people. So... I remember this time, yeah, I think this was a time that, because this is always so fresh in my mind when I think about maybe how I became that strong friend. Like, there was always levels in which I didn't have my parents to talk to about whatever issues I was going through. And I'm never going to blame them for that because you have to understand that that's not how they grew up either. You know, sometimes we get so mad at our parents and what they should do, but you have to understand how they were raised, what they were what they were given as a blueprint to how to raise us. And so, no, I didn't have that space to go and, and and you know what, to be honest with you, I never tested it. This is why I'm so big on helping to bridge that gap with my kids and their parents, because I, I think it's important that children have an adult confidant to talk to about these things and to help parents or adults be prepared to have those conversations because it's not easy. Again, I'm always going to say, definitely go and listen to the You Talk podcast. It's on Spotify. It's on Google. It's on Apple. Or you can just listen to it on my website at kheartfelt.com. The first episode, How to Talk to Your Parents, is really good. Some of the episodes was, you know, the kids talking about mental health and healthy relationships and so forth. I want you, you know, there are some tips in there that I think can be beneficial. And as I always say, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Leave a comment on one of the blogs. I look at them or you can DM me. The Youth Talk podcast also has an Instagram. It is horrible right now. I am not going to lie, you guys. Um, But I'm going to get it together. It's just me building, but we won't get it together. Y'all going to be like, yo, remember when... Her page look like crap and look at her, you know, look at it now. <laughs> but if anybody wants to help, I already have someone who's willing to help. But I'm, I'm thinking of a different capacity 
to help, for them to help, but we're going to get it together. So I didn't have my family, my parents to talk to. And I, though I have a bigger, an older sister, I looked up to her. I thought she was perfect and she was a role model. So I didn't want to tell her the crazy things that I was going through because I felt like I would be judged and I didn't want to disappoint her too. I didn't want to disappoint her. Oh man, I really did it. So only person I had was my friends. And listen, that's just like the blind leading the blind. Okay. <laughs> so this is why your kids need someone to talk to. If you're not willing to talk to your kids because you can't handle it, find them somebody to talk to. Because me and my friends were stupid. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to hold you. <laughs> I'm telling you, listen, <laughs> trust me. Trust me when I say, okay? So, anyway, I, I was young. I was in high school, right? I was laying on my top bunk bed <laughs> and, you know, looking up in the ceiling and I was bawling. I was going through a breakup, y'all. I was going through this hard breakup. And I just got to say, if, like, I want everybody to think about their breakup in middle school or high school. Go back to that moment. Tell me your chest didn't cringe a little, like you didn't cringe a little bit like, mm, that pain was real. It felt like nothing else in the world existed. And the reality is nothing else did matter. They didn't, you know, we didn't have no bills back then. That pain was so strong and prevalent. If you could remember, just take a moment. I'll wait. Now, if you have kids or you're going to have kids, remember that feeling. Stop telling your kids that it's not that serious and it's going to pass by. It's going to go away. It's not the end of the world. Because for them in that moment, it is the end of the world. And if they came to you to talk to you about it, don't dismiss them. Guide them. Console them. Because let me tell you something about this personal experience. I remember my heart was broken, honey. And I'm laying on the bed, right, looking up at the ceiling, doing the ugliest silent cry. Because my mother's room, like my mother's father's room is like right across the hall. Right? So I'm bawling. <laughs> and you know that ugly silent cry, bruh. So I'm bawling. And I remember my homegirl calls. I had like that that yeah, I remember that blue T Mobile um phone. Yeah, I didn't have the only phones I had, like my parents wasn't even trying to give me a phone. I had that phone. I think I got the Nokia phone first and I upgraded to the blue T Mobile phone and then I had a razor before I got everything else, like you know, blackberries and all that. Never had the the T-Mobile sidekick and all that, I was not in the party, okay? <laughs> Nonetheless, I remember answering the phone and my homegirl called me. She was crying and she needed help to communicate and get her boyfriend back. Something happened, I forgot, but I remember helping her write a letter to help her in this moment. Now, I just told y'all that I was bawling, bawling, crying. Why I answered the phone, I can't even tell you. Maybe I, I, I know growing up, I, I had phone more. I didn't want to miss out on stuff. But I answered that phone. I sopped up my tears. I don't remember her even saying hello. I just remember it just going off. Like, yeah, da, 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 da. and I was as a concerned friend, as a strong friend, as a friend that I am. I remember just being like, okay, she never, sidebar, that letter worked. I'm not going to shout the people out who they were because I don't want her to feel bad. But that letter worked. Okay, I mean they're not still together to, to this day, but they stayed together. And I remember he, she was like, "Oh, if it went to my letter works," 
Anywho. <laughs> she never asked me, how are you? After I helped her, she never asked me, Key, how are you doing? And I remember at that moment, it felt like what I was going through just doesn't matter. Like what I was feeling just didn't matter. And it's not her fault, but that's really what I remember feeling. And to this day, that that memory always sticks so strong because it's that memory, I think, that made me feel like, well, I don't really want to tell people too much. Like, I'm I'm good. Like, I'll just handle it. Because that day I had to handle it. And it's just like I had to handle a lot of other stuff. That also was the day that made me make sure that I always asked somebody else if they was okay. I never wanted to feel like that. I never wanted to make anyone else ever feel like that. I could call you to vent. And any of my friends, the small circle of friends that I have, if I, if I ever did call you to vent, you knew that it was serious because I don't ever really call people like to vent like that. It's probably like one or two people in my life who really get the brunt of you know, some of my issues. I still would say, I'm sorry, like, is everything okay with you? And they'd be like, you sound crazy. Like, I know you called me, like, it's okay. And I'm like, no, but how are you doing? You know, because of that situation, like, I, I just, it, I swear to y'all, it mars my mind. I could never forget that situation. When I think about that experience, I think the reality is, is that I, it made me feel important. And that became like my identity, the strong friend, the the helper, me being the helper, that became my identity. And I coped that way. I didn't have to deal with my stuff. I pushed through. I took my gift of helping and kind of got lost in it. Yeah, that was a lot. And I remember like like my friends at the beginning of the year at the New Year Vision event that I had, time went on. I was like, oh, it seems like my friends don't really need me in the capacity that they used to need me. Because like if you're doing therapy, right? The goal is to eventually have them be self-sufficient. You want to provide them with the tools that they need so that they can, you know, know what to do in life. The goal is not for you to have therapy forever unless you have a certain type of diagnosis. You know, if you have medication and different like that, that's a little bit different. But for the most part, the goal is for you to get therapy and get the tools that you need Make changes in your life and then you should be able to, on your own, make these changes. It's like taking off the training wheels after a while. And I feel like for my friends, they didn't need, they like, they, some of them would even tell me like, I already thought like, what would Keanu do? And I would da 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 Or, you know, and I remember guys, I questioned my worth. I felt with them not needing me, I questioned like, well, were we friends? Like this was, I felt like this was my role. And I remember my best friend called me out and was like, I hope you don't think this is about validation. I will never forget she said that. And I cried. And like, I hope you don't feel like that validates you. Like, you know, people don't, like you gotta really sit with that. And I remember like really crying because I didn't know my worth inside of like, okay, what value do I bring if I'm not helping you guys? Because that was my identity. And in the space and time during the pandemic, when I, you can tell, like, God was trying to say, like, don't pour out to anybody else because you got to focus on you. I was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. And there were different ways that work needed to be done because there's different ways that I pour out. It wasn't just pouring out to my friends, but work, right? Work, 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 work. <laughs> At work. I had to learn to balance work and home life. I'm a hard worker. 
I'm a hard worker. I go above and beyond. I'm the type to stay late after work, even though I'm not getting paid, especially if it's for the kids. Like, you can get me to probably, I can get sucking into a lot of things with the kids. And I don't care. I don't care because I love them. Like, I can, like, <laughs> I don't care. I also over, you know, I've been an overachiever. Like, I remember when I was young, I know not like West Indians and Nigerians and people say like, like, that their parents are very hard on them about their academics. Like, I don't think my parents were, like, extremely hard on me like that. But I do remember coming home with a 95 or, you know, 90 or anything like that. And my mother being like, oh, that's good. Okay, why didn't you get the 99? Why didn't you get the 100? Why didn't you get, you know, all right. <laughs> like, it was, it was like, okay. <laughs> you know, and I was like, damn. All right, so let me do better. So I became, you know, like... A, overachiever I guess to an extent but just like I just wanted to make sure that I produce my best work sometimes I get in my head and if I don't do the best work you ain't never gonna hear nobody curse me out worse than I curse myself out and that's word to everything I have I have I used to be my worst critic say the most nastiest things to myself beat myself down if I didn't meet a goal or I didn't execute things exactly the way I wanted to I know, like, even for, like, National Good Deeds Day, I mean, when I first ever did my block party, people were like, oh, this was amazing. First of all, I wasn't even extremely pleased because I was like, I feel like, it, I always feel like I could do better. I could do better. I could do better. I could do better, you know? And that becomes taxing because that was a big moment for me when I did the first ever block party. Even when I first ever launched National Good Deeds Day in 2014, that was a big deal. That was the start of a movement that's still going. Even then, it's, it's always like I can do I can do better. I'm never really satisfied. So, a bit of an overachiever. I didn't talk good to myself. I had to learn how to balance. And then y'all know we was working from home. That was stressful at one point. I didn't even know how to deal with it. I think a lot of people, like, a lot of people didn't know how to deal with the balance and work. I mean, I would get up in front of this computer from 8, sometimes work till 12. Then I was trying to balance. It, it, it became It became a little difficult. <laughs> it became a little difficult. So I had to learn to give myself grace. I needed to learn organization skills really badly. All right. So we talked about friends, what I needed to learn and deal with in regards to like how I poured out to people, work. And let's not forget, there's financial stuff too. I, I wasn't pouring out you know, how I poured into my financial, like this, this different areas of my life, I needed to do better with my financial stability. I had to learn that. I had to learn how to pour into my dang old savings. You feel me? <laughs> right? We want to talk about romantic relationships. Baby, baby, baby. <laughs> romantic relationships was hard for me. Some of my trauma is rooted in that. And I poured into the people that I've been in relationships with the way I wanted to be loved. And I ain't never received no reciprocity. I had low self-esteem. I've always known I've had low self-esteem. And it's been a journey and thing I worked on for many years. And it's something I really teach my kids really, you know, it's, it's like a foundational thing that I teach my kids, men, uh, young males and young girls. And there's levels to your self-esteem. It's a spectrum and your self-love journey, your self-worth you know, worth journey is something you're going to be on forever. That's just the reality. There may be concepts you understand, but 
there can still be behaviors that you are partaking in, right? I always think of, for any of the social workers out there or, or therapists, I always think of the Erickson stages of development, right? There are eight stages. So each stage has like a conflict between two opposing concepts. So for instance, in the infancy stage, the main conflict is trust versus mistrust. Although people of all ages experience issues with trust in some type of way, the infancy stage is where the challenge is most potent, they say. What if the person does not overcome the challenge at a particular stage? That means that the person will still progress to the next challenge, yet the themes from the previous challenge may still affect their later stages in life. So for example, a child who never establishes trust in infancy in the infancy stage may grow into an adult who struggles with trust in a romantic relationships. So this struggle, I always think about how the struggle plays out behaviorally, right? I, I genuinely feel like we are just grown children. <laughs> we are grown children. We marry each other. A child in its infancy stage doesn't know how to, ver- use, doesn't have the verbiage to express what they are feeling in the moment, right? So they either throw something, they throw themselves on the floor, they hit, they scream, they cry, Right? Because they don't have the verbiage. Now, as an adult, if you never get these skills, that's why as adults, what we do, we teach the children how to, what words to say when you need help. But then some way along the line, we just stop having that patience. And I think if we switch our perspective to continue to have that patience for people, I think that would make a big difference. Because especially those who are in charge of those kids. <laughs> so I think, and teachers and, and surrounding people, like, remember that collectivism type of mentality? Yeah. So when you become an adult and you still don't have the verbiage, you still don't know the way to communicate your feelings or you don't have the agency to do it. Young, I always hate when a young man maybe cries or tries to express how they feel at a young age and a girl will call them a punk or a young boy, another young man will call them a punk or PU, you know, whatever. At that moment, they, they, they try to communicate and they notice, oh, this is not a safe space for me to do that. I never want to be picked on or teased in that way again based off me trying to save my emotions. So I'm, I now have to be extra strong or... And I may not even know all of what that means. I pick up things from here because I may not have a good role model. So I'm just out here figuring it out. But I know one thing I'm not going to do is cry about what I'm feeling or express what I'm feeling ever again. So I don't ever have to be called a punk. We have to stop doing that. Parents do it to their kids too. You a boy, stop crying. You a this, stop. This is why girls are more emotionally stable than guys are. And And it takes them years to have to figure it out. You, I rem, I remember getting to my first Bible study, y'all, and I remember like, <laughs> it's because I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm open to a husband. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> so I remember like, oh, I hope there's, I hope there's a mix because I love hearing a male's perspective. Like even when I, I, I just love hearing a male's perspective. I genuinely do. No man was in our group. And when I feel like when I look statistically, guys just rather just be with guys. And I get it. It's a safe space. But I wish if I think if we did grow with a certain emotional intelligence or way for it to be safe to speak on our feelings, we could mingle together and express ourselves.
it would be safe. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I hope that made sense. Maybe you guys should think about it because we. I really feel like we got to stop doing that. But back to my point, when you don't have the verbiage to say how you feel as an adult, you exhibit those same behaviors. You yell, you run out, you close, you know, slam the door and you may hit, you may do all these things because you didn't get those things in the beginning. In one of those stages of your life. If you didn't learn how to be sufficient on your own and you relied on so many people, as you get older, you don't know how to sit alone. You don't know how to be alone. You know, so in romantic relationships for me, I just poured in. I wanted to be loved. So I poured into people the way I wanted to be loved, but I was never getting it back. And I never learned, hmm, maybe you should stop doing that. <laughs> like, it wasn't catching on. Like, hmm, you know, this this thing that you're doing, this pattern, it's not working. And we're going to get, I'm pretty sure there's going to be an episode where we dive into the matters of the heart. But all in all, I have this thing where I could love others, but I couldn't. I didn't really know how to love me properly. You know, just as the thing said, like the strong friend, they may be compassionate and empathetic to a whole bunch of other people, but they really don't know how to turn those skills onto themselves, though they present as fine and, and everything is fine. You know, everything is dancy. So I want to reference one of the best books I've ever really read. And I think there's ever really been written. I mean, this book is like juicy. It's informative. I feel like it's life-changing. And really, like, I swear, I feel like it's like, it can be like a novella sometimes. Like, you really read and be like, say, what? I can't believe this happened. Right? So, I don't know if you guys want to write this down, but the book that I'm talking about is called The Bible. <laughs> no, seriously. I'm really serious. It's called The Bible. Right? You can get an NLT, NLT version. You can get it in the uh, <laughs> King James the new King James, like whatever. But I'm going to read Mark 12, 30 to 31. It says, this is when they were talking about, I think someone asked like, what are the commandments or what are the laws that we should live by? I want to be, I think somebody was trying to say like, I want to be my best self or whatever for, for God. And it was like, you must love the Lord, your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. This is the first law. The second law is this. You must love your neighbor as yourself. No other law is greater than these. I also just want to say sidebar. I know a lot of people try to compare the Old Testament to the New Testament and be like, oh, all those commandments was hard and this is easy. These two laws literally are all the other laws here. If you love God with all your heart and your soul, you won't murder. You won't kill. You won't judge. You won't try to take revenge. You will. You know what I mean? Like if you really think about it, these two laws really cover all of the commandments that were mentioned in the old testament in my opinion but you know i always will encourage you to read it for yourself <laughs> so we talked about how and what i needed to learn now let's talk about what i did what i did to get through so you know here we go we the tools to get through so what did i do i gave myself I gave my friends the authority to tell me about me. So you know that line like, who gonna check me, boo? My friends. <laughs> my friends. I told them that I needed their help at this time. Like this was a time I was like, I need y'all to tell me about me. I need your help. I'm, I feel lonely. And these are my friends that I know are grounded in the word or just like has, has good wisdom about, you know, things. And 
Yeah. I mean, my circle's already small, if I'm being honest with you. So, some showed up, some didn't, and that's okay because it left room for others to come into my life. Shout out to my YBH members. Shout out to my first ever Bible study fellowship group. Shout out to the new one that I'm in. All of these, I'm, I'm meeting ladies in my life now that are so absolutely amazing. And I'm thank God for because they are fighters. You really should listen to, I've been talking about the Crazier Faith series. And he talks about your circle of faith or your circle of friends, circle of faith, something like that. But it talks about who's in your circle, who's willing to fight for you. Do you have people that you can call that you can just like pray with you? This is important. And I have, God has blessed me to have a lot of fighters now on my team. I'm extremely thankful for, okay? Not only did I tell my friends that I needed help, I told them how to help me. This is important. You can't just be like, oh, I need your help. And then they think that they're doing something, but it doesn't work with you. Because I'm gonna be honest with you. I can be a little... You know, a little defensive, maybe, and a little, you know, get a little, get a little tude or whatever. And I had to tell my friends, if you see, be patient with me. If you see that you feel like you've told me something and maybe I got defensive or I'm not trying to hear you, call me out. I used to say this in my relationships too. Be honest with me. And if you feel like you can't be, don't give me that excuse. Oh, women don't like that. I'm not every woman. And I don't care if you heard that line 50 million times. If I tell you to be honest with me, I'm asking you to be honest with me for a reason because I'm always going to find out. That's number one. Number two, call me out if you feel like, if you if I tell you I'm not going to react a certain way and you tell me and I blow up and I go crazy, call me out. Say, this is why I didn't want to tell you because you told me I can tell you anything, but this is how you react and blah, 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 blah. Call me out. So I told my friends, if you feel like, If I've asked you to help me and I'm begging you to help me and you tell me that you tried and I wasn't listening, in that moment, you tell me you said you needed my help. Now you need to, because I'm going to receive that. I love to be, I love to learn about myself. To I want to become the best version of myself. I genuinely do. It's something I'm very passionate about. I love evolution. I'm big on that. So the reality is, is that I want to learn. So tell me, but you got to tell them how to. You can't expect them, especially as if you're that strong friend and you're doing this, the roles are now being reversed. You can't expect them to just fall in line without the tools, without understanding of how to do it, right? So I told them how to help me. I also, y'all, I talked to a therapist. I went and talked to a therapist. And let me tell y'all, I felt like a real adult. Like, I, you know, I was in a conversation with my friends and I would be like, yeah, you know, my therapist told me that I have some issues with this, this, that, and the third and I need to do this. Or, you know what? I'm really struggling right now because my therapist told me something and he pissed me off. <laughs> like, I felt like a real adult. It was a struggle, if I'm being honest with you, for me to go to therapy. Shout out to my old supervisor, Lola, who really helped out and really pushed me to do it. She was like, you don't want to have a breakdown and then say you need therapy. You want to get on top of it now because she saw in the way I was going. I was, I was, you know, it was a lot. Every there was a lot of things coming at me, and I was like really sensitive. You know what I mean during this time. So therapy was amazing. I generally felt like an adult. I was out here just like yeah, my therapist said. <laughs> yeah, that's what my therapist said. <laughs> and you know I'm a therapist myself, and I used to always think that I didn't, I wouldn't have to need that, but. I did. 
and I'm well they always say that therapists need therapists that's the reality but I just thought that I wouldn't have to do it I would never forget one of my professors professor Rizzo he was a mess best teacher I've ever encountered best professor excuse me absolute mess though Rizzo Mr. Rizzo if you listening to this you knew you was a mess however he said that he never by the grace of God he's never had to deal with that so I thought, mm, I'm going to be like that too. No, I needed I needed to speak to a therapist. I needed I couldn't try to keep healing myself. I needed to lay it on someone else to kind of dissect. I rested and I cried a lot. I cried. I gave myself the okay to just cry it out. Really cry. And this is what I'm talking about, like my traumas. The work that the therapist gave me, I did. You know, I forgave myself. I forgave others. I really faced my traumas head on. I looked at the patterns that I was making in certain relationships and in, in life. I looked at what God was trying to teach me. And I journaled a lot. I journaled like a mother sucker. That's how I talked to God too. I journal. And um, yeah, I got mad with God and fell in love with God at the same dang time. At the same dang time. At the same time. At the same. Like literally at the same time. And that's because... It's okay to get mad. It's okay to tell God what's on your heart. You lay it down. Throughout this process, just being consistent with him, I, I was falling in love. I was able to see through his word how much he actually loves me. I got off social media because ugh, it was a lot. And I was comparing myself. I was comparing myself to what others was doing, feeling like I'm supposed to do that. But I remember one time this pastor said the audacity for you to think that you're supposed to be somewhere in life or be in this other position in life when you ain't put in the work. Why do you think you're supposed to be this? Be there because your age. What do you why do you think that's that's like a smash. I remember she said that's like a smack in the face of God or something like that when you ain't do the work. And I'll never forget when she said that because I was like, whoa. <laughs> and she gave me I remember that that uh, I feel like her name is Bianca the pastor it was during fun week and for in transformation church you can look it up online and i feel like that was that came after i had already got off social media but it was just it was beautiful to hear it was a good stamp because I, I know i had to get off because i was comparing myself and i'm always going to be transparent with y'all i know that the pastor always says god can't bless who you pretend to be okay he cannot bless who you pretend to be and also he can't heal what you won't reveal so for me i'm a believer that if i name it claim it if i say what's going on if i speak it to someone especially a trusted person it won't have agency over me and it's it's the process of healing like i don't like to hold too many things in now especially so because then that's how the enemy creeps in because if if it's just you alone and your thoughts and your sadness and your feet it, it starts to overtake you if you feel ashamed to have to say something and remember, I told you, if there's something that makes me feel uncomfortable, I jump in. I jump in sometimes. Um, most of the time. it's To me, it's always like this inkling that I should go because if there's comfortability, and it's a difference between comfortability and peace. So if it makes me a little uncomfortable, I'm going to go ahead and jump into that because I shouldn't feel shame. Shame, again, is these are the roots that the enemy uses to kind of rat you know get you up and snatch you down i learned organizational skills i paid attention to people at work who are really good workers um especially my circle that i used to work at at my old school shout out to them i really do appreciate them i asked for help 
during in that situation too. I researched tools to help me get organized and I prayed. So I prayed, I did the work, I asked, I tested theories, I did all types of, you know, trial and error with different things until I found what worked for me in regards to like how to get organized with my schedule, knowing when to shut things down, right? Like, okay, it's four o'clock now. I, this is the time I get off of work. Can I, I'm not going to push myself to get a task done because I haven't even eaten yet or making sure that I actually take lunch or, you know, not getting too consumed, which was what helped with organization. I'm not going to say I was perfect, but I was a lot better than I was before. And I'm getting a lot better now. I got financial help. I got a financial coach and she helped me get out of debt. Um, I was doing spreadsheets and all that, y'all. Like she did all the coding and stuff like that. I just learned, you know, how to copy a spreadsheet and do what I need to do. <laughs> but I, I be doing a spreadsheet and stuff like that. I got my finances together, got myself out of debt. And um, yeah, it was a good time and, and I was able to save. So now that I'm in the situation I'm in now, at least I have like a little bit to, to figure out until God swoops down and, and blesses me for sure as I put in this work to do what he called me to do. So those are, the th those are the different tools and things that I did to get through, okay? Now, what were the results? Well, I fell in love with God. And I feel like falling in love with God allowed me to love myself. I'm, I'm an image bearer. I'm a reflection of him. How I love myself now shows up in who I engage with, how I engage with others, how I treat myself, how I treat others, the new habits that I've adapted, the habits that I had to leave behind, I'm not perfect, but I'm a masterpiece. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Okay? The relationship I built with God allowed me to trust him. So I began to trust what he says about me. I began to trust the gifts that he bestowed upon me and not doubt them, not run away from them, not fear them. I began to trust the promise, right? And the process, he has for me and move accordingly. I trust when he tells me to move, though I can't see the clear path, you know, or how things are going to happen. I trusted when he told me to rest and focus. I now have, I built a relationship that shows me how to love me really, really well. Like, I remember I used to go through these phases like, oh yeah, I really love me. But it was so superficial because it was based on like, oh, I'm just doing this little thing for me here and there, but it wasn't consistent. And I still, you can, like, you can look at me and tell that it was, you can look at me or or check who I was engaging with to show, ah, you didn't really love yourself. Oh, I would never forget my homeboy, Jarrell. He told me something. He said, I was messing around with this. I think, I don't know, did I mention this in the last episode? I don't know if I did, but he was like, do you love yourself? And he was like, what do you think your worth is at? And I was like, you know, my worth is at like, it has to be like at 90, 100. I was trying to be humble. So I didn't say 100. I think I was like 98. You know what I mean? Like I'm up there. And he was like, really? You think so? You think if you loved yourself enough, you would still be talking to this guy and letting him come in when you just told me this is not something you want to do? And I was like, dang. <laughs> dang. You want to do me like that? It was, it, he hit me hard. And I would, that like rocked my world and changed. And I always say, once you know, you can't unknow. Because that changed the trajectory. 
I really did. It, it would eat me up inside when certain things would happen, knowing that I didn't want it to happen and how I would move. And he really helped me with begin on the journey to like love myself. And that's like I said, it's a journey, but I can say now it's another level. It's another level, you know? And it's a blessing. So to bring it all back, I asked a question from Brene's Brown's book, right? What binds us as humans while we are navigating an increasingly divisive and cynical world? The reality is, is that all of us are connected more than we want to think. Our purpose in life is connected to helping others to bring them closer to God through our God-given gifts. Right? In Luke 5, 8 in the Bible, when Simon Peter saw this, it, this is this is like one of these things where Simon Peter was like they were washing their necks, they didn't get any they didn't catch any fish. Jesus got up in their boat and Jesus was like, Yo, push me out a little farther. They didn't ask no questions, they did what Jesus asked. You know what I mean? He they pushed him out, Jesus started teaching, and then Jesus was like, Yo, go go a little deeper and put your your um your net back out and catch these fish. And they was like, yo, we've been, we went over there already and we was kind of doing this for a long time already. But you know, all right, if you say so, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna do what you say. And they got an abundance of fish when they did this. And it didn't even make sense how it happened. You should go read, y'all should go read it yourselves. But I'm gonna just read this. It says, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus's knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he... And all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John and the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. I feel like we're all disciples in a way. Our goal is to present God and bring people closer to God through the gifts like I just mentioned earlier that God has given us whatever those gifts are and you can do it in whatever creative way that God shows you we're all different but I guarantee you there's a different gift that each and every one of us have that can draw people closer to God if we were all on the same mission right my church says we represent God to the lost and found uh, for transformation in Christ the reality is is that if we throughout the pandemic I learned to heal myself Pause. God healed me. You know what I also noticed? A reflection moment. All those times I called people hoping that someone would answer when I really, really needed them. And I, I swear, I swear, every single time I remember being on my knees, breaking down, I would call someone. No one answered. That's because God wanted me to call on him. And when they didn't answer, I tried to deal with myself. And as I said in my last podcast, I in, my, in the last experience, I genuinely didn't know that God was truly, truly with me. And all I had to do was reach out. So the changes I made by God's grace allowed me to be obedient and share my gifts with others. This is the only reason why this podcast is popping. This is the only reason why it's, it's going on right now. I'm excited to get back to National Good Deeds Day. I remember if you go on my Instagram and you know... You know, you know about National Good Deeds Day. You know I had to lay it down, right? So planning, now that my, my, I can plan better and my, my mind is clear, 
Loving God allowed me to love myself, therefore having the ability to fulfill his commandments correctly and love others. Because a part of loving others is loving me. If I'm all out of whack, how can I pour into others correctly? I, I mean, I was doing a pretty good job, but I was really depleted. So the, the law was a little messed up. God was like, you know, I see her heart. Her heart is in the right place. She she really loves other people. She knows how to do that. But now I need to teach her how to love her. So he sat me down. I, I'm hyped to pour into others now. I'm, I'm hyped to get back to myself, I feel like, to, to be able to do those components. Because I took that whole, like, I can't pour into others very, very seriously, honey. And I had to understand that God pours into me every day as long as I keep my appointment with him. See, the key in the balance of all this is God. He's, he's the foundation. He fills me up to pour into others. Learning to love you is to strengthen you to do what God called you to do, to do what your to be able to do what your purpose is in life. And it may change throughout time, but you get the strength to be able to do that. Your obedience, your obedience is connected to another person's blessing. I don't care if one person listens to the show and, and, and catches on fire. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to tell. I remember certain people that I had put the podcast out. And I remember feeling like antsy about it. And, you know, like I said, sometimes when I feel the way, I just jump in and I go ahead and do it. I'm, I'm obedient to the spirit and I'll do it. Me telling them that I started this encouraged them to say, oh, my gosh, this is what I feel like I was putting on my heart or in a different way. And it was so beautiful because, again, you stepping up and finally doing what you're supposed to do can encourage or, or help someone else. If only one person listens to this show and is encouraged, I'm okay with that. Because that one person could be someone who could change millions of people's lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? We are all connected. Your obedience to what is on your heart is connected to someone else's blessing. Trust me when I tell you that. So what binds us is our purpose, in my opinion. The fact that we are all need healing from something the fact that we all have a gift that's connected to another person your gifts were not given to you just for you to flaunt <laughs> you know what i mean you're not just out you, sh you can't just be out here stunting your gifts were given to you to pull other people in to lift them up so remember when i told you guys that october 24th i got the message right well i was talking to god that morning about a new friendship that i was embarking on and i'm telling you when people come with a little bit with a little bit of anything, I'm a little I was a little weary because I was trying to be obedient to God about the don't pour in, be careful. It doesn't mean I didn't help people, but I just did I just didn't get invested like I used to. And I'm telling you, I used to be invested. That day God told me it was okay to get involved. He gave me this beautiful message. I have this type of Bible where it has these beautiful messages. And I'm gonna post it on the kheartfelt.com blog posts okay so you're gonna go to the kheartfelt.com you're gonna go to the k experience uh blog and under you'll see you are pour, poured into the you are filled up to pour out you will see that and like scroll and you know read the article and get the tools to get you through and you'll see that picture okay i'll post it and that was telling me like daughter it's okay to love my people I want you to love. I fill you up so that you can love my people. So you can love them correctly. And man, it I was overwhelmed. I started crying. I felt so grateful. And it also gave me the agency to call an old friend and 
check on them because I was like, no, she needs to call me. I've done a lot and I can't pour out. But that's not what my that's not where my heart was at. My heart just wanted to call because I'm a big believer in though you are expecting I'm expecting her to call me. That's not the role that we have. That, and I mentioned this earlier. That's just not our role. So I can't expect someone to do something that I've never communicated to them that this that that's what I want. Even if it seems like, duh, they should know that. I can't assume that. I've sat with, across from people in all types of situations that genuinely don't know based on their culture, based on like what they just don't know. Common sense is not that common. Common sense is based on what you were raised in. See, common sense to me is that when you wash the dishes, you clean the the entire counter and the entire stove. And some people are like, no, washing the dishes is just washing the actual dishes. But to me, it's like, it's common sense that if you cooked and there's dirt and grime, you should clean the stove. That's not common sense to everybody. Trust me. I've had roommates. That's not common sense. But that's because that's how I was raised. So common sense is not that common. So give people grace. So... I could I really wanted to call her and I feel like that day God gave me the like go ahead and I was like so excited that I can be myself and help people in this way because I felt it felt it coming but I told you like I was really holding on to that and I'm gonna tell y'all this just one more thing someone had told me her name is Gina and she had this is she gave me this message 9 31 21 this is the day before my last day at my job and she told me that she was telling me a story and shout out to her because she was also really pouring into me about the work-life balance. Like I had already kind of knew that that was a thing of mine, but she like really, like when I met her, she was pressing on about it. She was like, you are a young woman with no kids and yet, and your husband, you don't have your husband yet, but when you do, you don't want to be that person who is still at the office at five and you're late for date night or you're late to this. You want to have a good work-life balance. You want to learn it now. And she really just stamped the nail on for me. But she said this to me this day. She was telling me a story. And she was telling me how she told someone that she loved them. And she was like, you know, I really wasn't expecting it back because God fills me up every day. God fills me up so I can love others. I will never forget she said that. She said, it's like, she said, imagine and she put her hand just to her chest. She was like, imagine like a beam of light coming out of you. A huge, bright beam of light coming out of you. She was like, that's how God's love is for me. It's just overflowing. It's constant. Every single day he fills me up with all this love. How dare I not give it out to others? She was kind of saying like, I, like how could I? That's so selfish for me not to love other people and, and to tell them I love them and to guide them and help. Like, who does that? And I wrote down. When she said this, I was like, thank you so much. That, that was so beautiful. And I don't think she knew that she was giving me a word. She was just telling her story. And I wrote down, thank you, Father. Filled with light and love from you every day so it's no issue to give love to another. It's not to get it back. It's to spread. Wow. What a way to get me back close and on the mission that you set for me again. Amen. That was the cornerstone. I that, that was the foundation. God had to allow me to see, I fill you up every day. You don't need to go to every, like, I fill you up. Build your relationship with me. I'm your person. Allow me to fill you up every day so you can feel, you can love my people the correct way. And it was just, it was so beautiful. I wasn't doing what needed to be done effectively to pour into others without jeopardizing my mental, physical, and emotional health. 
And by the grace of God, I learned how to do that with a great balance. So now I can give love and not be worried. So I just want to recap the tools to get you through. If you feel like you have been depleted and constantly pouring out and no one is checking for you or there is no reciprocity, take a moment to reflect. Healing brings change in your perspective. Take inventory on why you are doing what you are doing. And for me, the tools that I use is I gave my friends authority to check me. I told them I needed them. I told them how to help me. I talked to a therapist. I rested and I cried. I forgave myself. I forgave others. I literally faced my traumas. I did the work that my therapist told me to do. I looked at patterns. I did all the stuff that I journaled a lot, prayed a lot. I got mad with God. I laid it on at the altar. I fell in love with God. I got off social media, right? I took control of what was going into my ear and my eyes. Because if you're doing the work and you're like trying to get close to God, but you only watch him on Sunday or you only read a little something like for five minutes, but then you watch in all types of craziness from the world, you got, you got your foot more into the world than you do in the word. And that can be hard. That can be really hard. So sometimes you, you got to have a balance. You want to... I had to, for me personally, I had to get off social media. And, and if that is calling on your spirit, listen, do what you have to do. You're not missing anything. Trust me. Everything that I need to know, somebody tells me. Because I used to have FOMO. I really did. I used to have FOMO. I felt like I needed to know what's up with the what's up all the time. I'm pretty hip to what, what needs to be hip. People will text me and let me know if they know it's important. I learned organizational skills because these are based on the things that I needed to heal from things that I were overly pouring out into but didn't have a balance in I got financial help everything that I needed help with I did it I took care of it I like I said I got the financial help I got a therapist etc I want to just say again don't be afraid to, to seek financial help it was hard for me but I did it you can do it too please know that God loves you and allow him to pour into you every day He's the almighty God and can do all things, but he is not a forceful type. He wants to build a relationship with you. He wants to invite you. He wants you to invite him. Okay? Invite him into your heart so that he can change it. He will meet you where you are at. No matter where you're at, what you're doing, he'll be there. Trust me, it doesn't matter. You can be in the club. You call on God, God will come through. Do what he asks you to do and allow him to do the rest. And more than anything, as I always say this, read your Bible. I had so many questions about the Bible. I had, y'all, there was a time I didn't even believe in Jesus. And we'll probably talk about that experience for sure. But read your Bible. You have all these questions and you're not sure who, what, when, where, how. Read it and just get the answers for yourself, okay? All right. Thank you again. I, I hope this makes sense. You are filled up every day so that you can pour out. All right. Thank you again for joining me for this experience. I pray you were able to take something away from this. Please share with others if you feel like they may need it. Please check out my blog post on kheartfelt.com. I'm going to place a new section to add your, for you, any of you to add your businesses on. There 
because I want to start highlighting black owned businesses and business if you got a really good business in general if you feel like it's a business that I should shout out please I want to start that segment next episode and um, you don't want to miss the next episode I have a really special guest and I can't wait to introduce her to each of you and I'm just going to read this last thing and then get up out of here first John 3 16 to 18 this is how we know what love is Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Make sure we all do the work. Until the next experience, remember to live, to learn, love, and lift each other up. For it's the only way to be light in the midst of so much darkness. Peace out, y'all. Bye.